Hello everyone, welcome to Conversations and Coffee Podcast. Today I'm in the studio here with Carly Mahadi. Hi. Carly, thank you so much for coming on. Lovely to meet you. Um, so, first time meeting you, I've, I'm have i very familiar with you through social media, um, especially Instagram, because your life must have changed massively over the last so couple of months. But it hasn't just um, changed just because people are tuning in to maybe what you're putting up or your content. It's more so about how much your life has changed. Um, which we'll get to find out more about now. Obviously, I know a good bit about it because I've been tuning in for a while now, but um, I don't really think Instagram can do enough justice on really how you ended up where you are now. And I think it's best to hear from you, you know, how much your life has really completely changed. Yeah. And, um, you know, let's kind of go back to before, you know, you might have got the news or yeah. you even you even speculated. What was your life kind of like and how did this all just begin? It was, oh, I was kind of stuck in a rough for like a long time beforehand, like as everybody does be. I was in this uh, retail job and I was there, well, as of now, like I'm there like five years. So it's very easy to just get into a routine and you're getting your set amount of money every week and you know what you're going into. Like there was a lot of stuff that I wanted to do as well, but like I struggled with confidence at the time. Like I was in kind of a bad mental state and I, I hadn't got any goals per se because I was just so insecure in myself and I just was taking the safe option I was taking the safe route I was just staying where I was because I knew it was familiar I was comfortable with it you know that way it's such an easy thing to do and this was going on and on and on like it was shifting from a year to two years to three years like it wasn't just comfort anymore it was like oh you're stuck here now you're too young to be caught in a position you're in so yeah I was just like every day was repetitive just get up go to work come home get up go to work go fill come home like it was just constant there Mm -hmm. was no driving me whatsoever Mm -hmm. so that was how I was going on for a long time before all of this and then it was kind of like towards the end of 2018 that things started to really change for me like my uncle my mum's brother had fallen really really ill and was taken to hospital brain damage then my uncle was diagnosed with cancer that was a different uncle and then like that I lost a friend to suicide so a lot of really negative things had happened in such a short amount of time that I tried to brush off and like that I was in a rut already myself I was already feeling crap so when this all had added on and came together I was in a really dark bad bad place like it was an awful kind of time for me and then in May was when I went to my doctors it all kind of came to a standstill for me and that was when I went to speak to a GP I finally decided that look you need to sort yourself out mentally physically in every way possible because I was in the depths of it like in a really bad way so that's kind of what led me up to going and getting Mm -hmm. checked and like it's not like as you're saying all these bad things all this bad news it's not like you were in a great mental state anyway so that can also take a massive toll on you then Mm -hmm. I mean if if you were kind of in a good place and you felt happy and that happened you might have kind of took a hit but when you're in a position where you're not actually happy anyway it really doesn't help at all yeah it doesn't do you know what it is you're not your own best friend at that stage and because so much was going on in my life and so many horrible things were going on I wasn't thinking of myself so I was me I wasn't my priority at that stage like I didn't care about me and what was happening to me it was more the people that were around me and my loved ones and I wanted them to be okay and I want to be there for everybody and that was like I wasn't a concern to myself at all but then it kind of literally it just came to a standstill in the May and 
I was like, good God. I kind of just looked at myself one day and I was like, you're a wreck. <laughs> like how you got to this stage is beyond me. Like you would have haven't, you always think that you'd have to see this thing coming on you. And like, I looked awful. I had gained so much weight. I just looked, I was gray. My face was gray. Everything about me, I was down. It was just, you could tell by looking at me, I was just broken. And it was just when I sat and looked at myself one day and I was like, holy God, I don't know how you how got How did here, I get but, to this point? But you're here. So first of all, you need to get your health in check before you even start going to the gym and exercising and all the whole lot. Like, you don't know what way you are physically. Like mm-hmm. that, I knew mentally I was in a heap. I was in a bad way, but I needed to go and check up on my health. There were like various different things that were at me, like stupid stuff that I should have been going by the week or by the month to get checked. But I didn't. And obviously my chest was the, the main one at that stage and that was what made me go to the GP and I just went it was a new GP that I went to because my old GPs was a nightmare you'd be waiting up to three weeks a month for an appointment which you've no time for that at that stage I was like oh I need help this second like Mm -hmm. I I can't be messing around so I had moved to a new GP and it was a lady she was lovely she was so nice and I went into her and I basically just walked in the door and burst out screaming crying I was like, first of all, my head's in a state and I don't know what to do. And second of all, my chest is killing me. And I just burst, like I broke down in an absolute heap. I was in a bad way. So she done the physical examination on my chest and she was like, you need to calm down. Like I I was just hysterical. And she had said to me, look, I don't think this is anything for you to be worried about. I know you're in bits as it is already, but I'll send you to the breast clinic because it's been something that's been on your mind for so long and you've been putting it off. I don't want you to think that there's just nothing wrong with you because I said so. A little bit of clarity, some reassurance. This is it, you know, that way. So she was like, look, I'll refer you on to the breast clinic. Now, that I think that was May and I didn't get my first uh, appointment in the breast clinic until like the first two weeks in July, I think it was. So that was the first time I'd went to the breast clinic and like that they leave you long enough. A lot of people message me on Instagram being like, I'm waiting X amount of time. Like it is a long wait. The place is like a cattle market. It's so busy. Like here was me thinking nobody gets breast checks. I've never heard of one person going and getting their chest checked when in natural reality, like it is, it's jammed. Mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised when people text me saying, oh look, I have to wait like a month or two for my my examination. I'm like, it's correct. Do you know that way? Like don't be worrying and don't be thinking because you're waiting longer that they're putting you on the back burner it's just it's it's that busy mm-hmm. and that's the way it's not it that is there's a priority list it's just a matter yeah. of the flow of, of uh, patients that you can't keep up with it it's crazy it's so busy and like that they have about three or four specialists as far as i'm concerned in there so it is it's just non-stop like clockwork it's just going in and out and in and out so i went in that time to speak to a specialist about my chest after i had gotten the general examination from my gp and he had a look at me like that general examination and he would have a better idea firsthand what to be looking for or what something feels like. So he says to me then, he was like, Jesus, Carly, I don't think that there's anything to be worried about here. He said, no, your right breast, your chest is a bit lumpy there. He said, but like you're a young girl, that can happen. I was kind of thinking, am I overreacting? Is my body just going through a bit of a change at the minute and I'm acting up? But um, the doctor had a check and he was like, look, it's a general kind of thing in young girls sometimes you can just have a lumpy chest and that's it like that's just plain matter of fact so I was like I don't know because I was like I said before I was getting the shooting pains up my chest that I was like that's not really natural like fair enough your chest being hard is natural but being an actual pain or if I turned like jagged a certain way or like that if someone squeezed me too hard or if I was too just tight against someone it was just hurting like a major pain so I had told him this I was like listen I'm not confident that 
it's just he said they're fibroadenomas they're like just dead cysts I was like I'm not sure that's what it is so he said to reassure you we'll send you for an ultrasound it'll be in a couple of weeks they're like fine that's grand so then went on for the ultrasound and whilst I was getting the ultrasound I could see something on the screen obviously you're, you're keeping an eye on everything you're, you're glued to it so I was having a look at the screen and I could see like a little like kind of orb thing and it was kind of like highlighting more than the rest of it now I could see that there were cysts all up the right hand side and like that I could just see it kind of flashing a little bit and I was like oh that doesn't look the best and like that day your man was kind of like and I was like oh, why is he kind of yeah when they are kind of on edge you then yeah. have no choice but to panic he just had a little bit of a and I was like is everything all right like and he looked baffled like on his face he was like having a look at it and then he was like oh no everything's fine and then he went and asked other doctors in and I was oh, like no no, no, no. It's, it's not fine that's when you know yeah there was other people coming in and kind of having a nose at it and I was like is everything okay and they were like we're just gonna get a biopsy for Carly now me innocent as that and I was like yeah that's fine like I thought that it was a test that they ran on the screen itself and then he comes over with this needle and I was like what's that and he's like this is the biopsy needle I was like great brilliant so I was there on me own my ma god love her my ma's with me through everything she doesn't leave me side and we were in the breast clinic for about an hour beforehand so the parking was at to go out on the car so the second me ma <laughs> left to go and do the parking they were like oh we're giving her a biopsy I've never been more afraid of my life never away from your hips never once, leaves me side goes to pay for the car parking goes to pay for the parking <laughs> and then there I am waiting on a needle like and I'm terrified of needles people always say to me because I have tattooed as well tattoos sorry as well and they're like it's the same thing it's absolutely not the no, same thing not. there's a huge difference absolutely. between something being inserted into you and something dotting over the top of your skin yeah, there's I just agree. a huge difference <laughs> so um, he went ahead and gave me the biopsy now I was terrified but we got on with it you move on with it they give you a anesthetic before into the area before mm-hmm. you get the biopsy so I had gotten the biopsy then and I was kind of shaky after that then I was like oh god why did they call for that if it was nothing so I was left then another couple of weeks and they called us in again on a Tuesday the breast connects tend to run on a Tuesday and we went in and they were like look it, we don't really know what it is they didn't say that it was nothing they just said we're not really sure as to what it is, but it is 3.4 centimetres. And when a lump in the chest is four centimetres, that's when they go to get rid of it. They're like four centimetres is kind of the, the cut off point where we're like, right, it needs to come out. So they were like, it's 3.4, we'll take it out anyway, just because you've been so worried about everything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, lovely, no problem. So I had a lumpectomy performed on my right breast on the 30th of August went grand it was fine I actually done one overnight stay in the hospital I was out the next day brand new yeah it was absolutely fine there was no problem the recovery was grand was looked after they're amazing that breast check clinic like I actually don't I haven't got words to describe how great they are the phenomenal I mean surgeon is out of this world so yeah the lumpectomy went fine recovery was great and that was where the fun started because I was supposed to get I got the lumpectomy on the Friday I think it was and I was supposed to have the results on the Tuesday so they called us on the Tuesday, look, you won't have to come in. We haven't got the results. We are thinking, that's oh, grand. It's quite soon after. It's fine. Went on to the next week. Oh, look, we haven't got the results. And I was like, hmm, don't know how I feel about that. And then went on to the next week. Me and my mum were in Spain at this stage. We were going on your holidays. So they hadn't got the results by then either. And I was like, ma, I don't know about this that now. This is a bit, yeah. This is, they're pushing it a bit far. And my ma kept on being like, no, they're just double checking that it's nothing. And I was like, you're very optimistic. Like the queen of wishful thinking, God love her. I was like, ma. 
like you're going to have to start welcoming the fact that there might be something wrong like I don't want you to keep on thinking mm-hmm. it's fine it's fine it's fine and mm-hmm. then something goes arseways on the sky um, like, you know, would you say face reality for the worst case this scenario this is it you know that way because if you not I don't welcome the worst that's I, like that I don't think it should meet trouble halfway I don't agree with it but at the same time I think you do have to be quite open minded when things kind of play this way if it wasn't anything we'd have been told it wasn't anything Whereas this was getting dragged out a bit. So I was like, you have to be realistic at least to think that there could be something. So we were in Spain and like that, I had I was still asleep. And my mum had went down to the pool early on and she came up to the room then and she was like, listen, I'm out to get a phone call off the hospital. And I was like, Ugh. like I, knew, I was like, I know this is this is it now. There's something really wrong. She was like, they're after sending the lump that they removed off for specialised testing. And I was like, Matt, there's something wrong with me. It was like, my body had switched a little bit before the holiday. I had already said to me friends and everything. I was like, there's something really wrong here and I don't don't appreciate it. I'm not feeling the best about it. And they were like, you can't say that. You don't know. And I was like, no, my body kind of feels different. You're kind of just reacting to... It, it was like my body literally was like, I felt a kind of hollowness. Like it was weird. It's hard to explain. Like it's hard to word it. But I did feel different in myself. And it was when my mom came up and said, look, they're at the send an offer specialised test. And I was like, there's definitely something. I was like, Ma, you do need to welcome the fact that this could very well be breast cancer. Like, I'm, if it was just a cyst, it would have been a cyst and it would have been removed. I was like, this could be something Your mom really is just kind of doing what, you know, a what good mother would do. do. Is it, uh, no, no, let's constantly just think of the good, the oh, good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and you can't blame her and It's either. a very mature approach from you to then be able to kind of go, right, maybe it is yeah. this. But at the same time, like, I mean, it helps when your mom is still there kind of going, I look. I know, God bless. I do hang on, Let's job, hang yeah. on to the positivity here. And, you know, so then what happened then? You just got a call and... Yeah, we got the call. So that was the call when we were away. And like that, I wasn't saying to him, I definitely have something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. This and that. I was just like, you need to start welcoming the fact that we it could be an issue. Mm-hmm. So just be open-minded and we'll see what happens. So we got home from Spain, I think around the weekend time. I actually can't remember if it was a Thursday or Tuesday that they told me, but we were called in anyway. And like that, you kind of know, I've learned by the breast clinic that if a nurse comes out to get you, you're right. But if you see the man in the suit, that's when you kind of know you're going for a chat. Do you know that way? So I did see it on your Instagram, uh, one of your stories. Uh, it was one of the highlights you were talking about. And you were like, I just knew by his face. I could just see, I could read him like a book. Oh, God. Yeah. And God bless him. Do you know what it is? Like I say about most surgeons, like they're there to do one job, one job only. They're not there to be our best friend. And they're not there to get so involved with you. Because mm-hmm. if that was the case, they'd be heartbroken going home every day. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? I so understand. I realized they have to have, have a, a certain switch. exactly way about them. So, but when I walked up and I looked at my, and my nurse as well, I have a special nurse that's assigned to me in the mm-hmm. breast clinic. And God bless her. We got really close over the course of time that I've been there. Like I'm kind of one of them people that you either cling to or you kind of don't. And me and her were glued to each other from the second we got to meet. Mm-hmm. So I just looked at her face and she was like, and I was like, no, that's it. Now she had to do the nod. We're done. So me, surgeon had brought me into the room and every it was just deafening silence. Definite. Do you know, there's a bit of a radio on the background mm-hmm. some days. Or mm-hmm. There's noise no going on somewhere. Nothing. There was just nothing. And I knew by the two of them, they would have been like, ah, Carly, what's the mm-hmm. story? But and they, I just, they weren't here to God talk. bless them. Um, they were solemn. Do you yeah. know that way? I was like, oh God. I was looking at the two, and the two of them were kind of like shifty as well. And I was like, ah. Oh. So you I seem s- to handle it very well, though. I mean, yeah. considering you were able to read all this body language and kind of still be able yeah. to not break down yourself. Because at the end of the day, they're not calling you in. Um, 
for their own bad news, they're breaking the news to you. Yeah. So you seem to have done very well there by the sounds of it. Yeah. Even the way you're... St- and I'm sure at the time it wasn't as easy now speaking about yeah. it, but yeah. even your way of your approach to talk about it now, mm-hmm. you're very um, mature about it. You're kind of just saying, look, it is what it is, and, and you're taking it as it is, but yeah. what's next? How am I going to fight this that and, was exactly what this. that was my reaction when well, and I really I respect that I respect that a lot because I kind of say to myself what would I do yeah you know I mean you what don't if, know until you're in yeah, the situation trust I me mm-hmm. I used to spout to everybody like even as regards if you're diagnosed with cancer the whole cannabis oil um, argument mm-hmm. here was me I'd definitely go on that you wouldn't catch me on that chemo using that poison oh here we are do you know that way mm-hmm. like it doesn't what work le- what led you that way was that just taking the especially the doctor's advice or was it just um, going with your gut instinct like to go what? for chemo or when yeah, I was against just it kind of obviously before the whole yeah. thing you had um, a certain view oh certain I sang a different opinion. tune altogether yeah, yeah absolutely so was did you go with the other um, opinion just based on reality just based on facts and what you have to do yeah. is what's best for your body yeah it was just beforehand like that it's all hearsay isn't it and mm-hmm. like oh Google's great what works for X yeah. what works for Y there you go but like Google is great if you want Google to tell you something you can literally word something a certain way and it'll give you the answer mm-hmm. you want I always find that I find it dangerous sometimes this is why I won't go off it and this is why I have not once still to this day Googled my cancer I refuse to do it Fair play. because it it's it's just not going to give me the information no. that I need. And like that Wikipedia, people, any Joe Soap can go on and edit can that, data. put in their own yeah. bits and pieces. You don't mm-hmm. know if the information you're getting and is you know fact what the craziest thing about it is, Carly, any Joe Soap mightn't have been through what you're going through. This is the you know, thing. Who are they? Some mightn't be qualified to even um, to even be writing in it. But, but that could just be some random one mm-hmm. day going, ah, do you know what, I'll pop onto this and edit. Mm-hmm. Could be absolutely anybody with no clue what they're mm-hmm. talking about. So the internet is just not something I trust. It's mm-hmm. not something I go by. Never really did. Completely understand that. Yeah. So how did the kind of chemotherapy um, process begin? And how far are you into it now? Yeah. Um, my surgeon obviously had told me, slid the paper across, listen. He said, I'm sorry to tell you, Carly. And his little face, he was like, you have cancer at me poor ma. Good God, me poor ma. Oh, God. It was, that was the worst part of it all for me. Like that, I felt like I was deaf. I felt numb. It was like my body was kind of like a, a shoe, like pins and needles. Everything just felt yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I'll ever get a feeling like that again in my life. Like I don't think that someone will ever say something to me like that again that'll send me that way. Mm-hmm. It was a weird one. But me ma was just like, no, no. I was like, no ma, no, come on. We had this conversation. Mm-hmm. We said this, it might yeah. be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to listen. And she was like, I can't believe this is happening. Do you think that's why you took it a little bit better? Not that you took it well, but you you kind of, um, you felt the emotions you were meant mm-hmm. to feel. Your body reacted to, yeah, to the Yeah, because I had welcomed it. I had, mm-hmm. I went in there thinking, no, this is it. Exactly. And I think Me ma didn't. your mom didn't. No. By she didn't want to welcome that, whereas yeah. it was it's easier when it's yourself. It's so much easier when instinct. it's yourself. Yeah. But he had said to me, look, we're going to go with chemotherapy. He said, I'm not sure 100% what way it's going to go because he wasn't my oncologist. He said, we're just looking at chemo at the minute. But he said, first, we're going to try the mastectomy. We're going to remove the right breast and this is the thing. They kind of felt so bad trying to explain to me that it's your whole part of your chest gone. It's not just a little bit of tissue. Like you're getting the whole thing's gone. 
and that's it and look we know you're really young and we know that like women your age and security is and the other I was like you do what you have to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. take what you have to take and work away because this is a like you're a serious to do matter whatever, to whatever get whatever I have matter, to yeah. get out of me we will do whatever mm-hmm, I have to do to get mm-hmm. rid of it this isn't a joke do you know that way like it's not about a vanity thing I don't care what I look like at the mm-hmm. end but will you just mm-hmm. get it out of me so they were really good about that and we had got the mastectomy I got the mastectomy on the 25th of October that went really well great I had a reconstruction during the mastectomy I also had a lumpectomy on the left breast I haven't got breast cancer in the left breast but I did have a lump that they were kind of concerned about the size Thank of God it they addressed that too. so they just got rid of that Brilliant. at the same time and I had the mastectomy that was fine but unfortunately it couldn't remove all the cancer the cancer had spread to me lymph nodes so not greatly now it's not a huge dart of it it was just a little bit and we aren't confident enough to leave it be like that it could just progress and once it goes to the lymph nodes it has every chance in the world of spreading around your body so that was why we decided on chemotherapy then and I met with my oncologist and we done out my chemotherapy plan then but how far are you into that process now I only started on the 19th of December that was when I messaged you first wasn't it yeah yeah a week before christmas or so yeah yeah so that was when i had the first round of chemotherapy and i am getting me next round on thursday because i had a really bad reaction to the chemotherapy that i was given the first time but i think it's because i was quite naive to how sick i could get okay i was still going out into crowds i was still going out and doing things that maybe i shouldn't have been doing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i didn't think that the chemo had had that bad of an effect on me so i was just floating around living life thinking I was fine but realistically like it did shoot me in my own system mm-hmm. and I woke up one day and I was like man I'm really not well like I'm really really not well my whole face was swollen my neck was swollen I knew something was wrong ended up going to the hospital and my neutrophils were rock bottom so I was in a in the danger zone basically like if I had got an infection I could have ended up really really unwell but in a way I mean it's a learning experience because for, for the next um, part of the process you'll be kind of a bit more prepared yeah. it's not like they give you a handbook and, and say this is what to do and what not to do you're out there yeah. learning from uh, I wouldn't even call it a mistake you just call it living yeah. while undergoing the, the um, process and I suppose it's it's not like you've done it wrong but at the same time there probably was a better way to go about it and oh, you'll make absolutely. sure you do that the next time that's all there is to yeah. take from it you know you can't kind of be down on yourself and say oh I'm the reason that it, it reacted this way it could have reacted that way and you could have been doing all the steps fine. This so. is it, you know, that way I could have yeah. been hiding in my room, I could have been the buying the bubble and I could have mm-hmm. been yeah. doing everything. But like that, there's such like, they have such good plans in place to try and keep you on track. And then mm-hmm. it's also quite vague as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So you do have to learn and how to do things your own kind of way. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's... That's what I wanted to ask you before we finish up. Um, to anybody out there listening that, you know, really doesn't know enough about this and really doesn't know enough about um, their own body anyway because mm-hmm. I mean you just started with with a, a feeling that you'd got that you knew this isn't normal there was lumps there I mean there could be people out there now that have noticed they've a lump the last six months and they're doing nothing about it so what kind of message would you like to finish on for anybody listening if you could say something to yeah you know yourself before this happened like is there anything you'd do differently or is there anything you'd like to say to somebody like look go and get checked and what kind of message are you hoping to, to get out there? I just really hope to God that people will listen to the message that I'm trying to spread about being self-aware. Like, I, I'm so sad that I didn't have enough respect for myself at mm-hmm. the time to go and take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's it's thinking about your family as well. Like, you don't want to be sick for them and you don't want mm-hmm. them to have to deal with 
if you end up in the case that I'm in, like my poor man, everybody is stuck with me the way I am now. Not stuck with me the way I am now, but I would have loved to prevent it and kind of, I don't think about me in this. I just think about the effect that it has on everybody else. Like you want to be healthy for yourself and for your family, do you know that way? So I think you owe it to yourself and the people around you just to take better care. Like if you have a pain that's been at you like that, it could be in your back, it could be in your leg, it could be anywhere for an ongoing amount of time. Like if it's not going away, it's not going to just disappear after five, six months, a year. Like if it's keeping on at you, there's a reason that it's still going at you. So for the sake of 60 euro going to your GP and then maybe you'll be referred on to hospital. I'm not sure, whatever. You may have a medical or card. Or maybe you you'll may just not. be told it's nothing. This is the thing. But Do you know that, that way? Answer. But have that reassurance and be confident. And if you're not confident in the answer that your GP gives you, absolutely go and go again. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you should just take the advice of one medical professional because if I took the advice of one or two or three even mm-hmm. and just took on that I was fine, then I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in. But because I kept on going and stayed with we found out that I have what's wrong with me and we can try and prevent it and mm-hmm. stop it from spreading any further. I think there's a lot to be said as well, though, for people that might be kind of not going about their day and nearly taking advantage or nearly kind of not taking it, um, not ta- not making the best of it and taking it nearly for granted is probably the way of saying it. Like, we all think we've problems going on and we all kind of think that, you know, we're in that rut and we're, you know, our lives are bad. Sometimes when you kind of, you look at somebody and say, look, I could always be nicer to that person. Or yeah. Maybe if I just kind of put myself in their shoes, whether it's with a diagnosis or not, just life in general. Because I'd say your perspective on life has changed massively because now the smallest things probably stand out to you the most. And, and that's probably just wanting to be around your family way more wanting to yeah. be around those close friends way more yeah and maybe getting up and going to work every morning and that retail job probably makes you kind of think look i could be in a worse position yeah but i can see where you are because we all do it yeah but when something like what's happened to you comes into your life i mean it probably opened your eyes a little bit more to say look i'm gonna fight this and i'm going to change my perspective on life because i deserve better yeah. And also, people deserve better. And I find when you're nicer to somebody, you get the best out of people. Because Absolutely. you might see somebody and they might be in your job. They might be somebody you meet out on a night out and they're horrible. Or they might be, you know, you know, uh, a little bit kind of on the, how would you say, um, obnoxious side. They might yeah. be the nicest person socially. But sometimes when you're just a little bit nicer to them, you get this other side out of them. Yeah. And that's why I respect you so much because... Yet you've got all this going on, but at the same time, like, if you didn't tell me, or if I didn't see your social media, I mean, you seem to be just carrying on and yeah. just doing you. Yeah. Charlie, thanks so much for coming on. I Thank really appreciate you that. So, thanks so, so much, much for your time. I hope I see you again in the future. Um, I mean, I've met you now and I've heard your story and we've shared your story to the wider audience, but at the same time, I think um, the journey's kind of only beginning yeah um, realistically yeah. so when people are looking at this now or they're looking at it in six months time the real way to keep up to date with how you're progressing is basically just to head over to carly's instagram it's just our name there's no um underscores there's no numbers no it's just carly mahadi so uh, head over there follow her on instagram um and it's not just about going in for these um appointments or procedures or your chemotherapy you're actually also very funny (laughs) no i find your content hilarious you're very straight you're very out there and um i enjoy your content my girlfriend enjoys your content Um, and most of the people that are our age and living in this area are just happy to kind of see how optimistic and positive you are and that obviously 
is down to your friends and family. Coffee and a little bit of conversation.